Welcome to The Edge, recipe for business success with Paul Duncan. If you want to know the recipe for success in your business, you have come to the right place. This podcast is for entrepreneurs and business owners who want to learn how to grow and market your business in a way that gives you a competitive edge. Inside each episode, Paul shares his secret sauce where you will learn new strategies, insights and ideas to grow and build a profitable business using the right ingredients and the correct method. So, let's get cooking. Hi guys, it's uh, Paul Duncan here and welcome to our CC Group Coaching Program. Uh, This is the first one for uh, this series, which is the 50 series. So um, I welcome all the participants in it. Um, Now I've got a uh, a couple of other sessions running as well. So uh, this 50 series, I'll give you a a quick overview of. Um, It is a a recipe for success to make your business uh, profitable and uh, to take you to the next level. Now, um, I've got uh, other ones that um, are really focused on things like lead generation, converting those leads um, and I've got another one which I'm just releasing at the moment which is for, um, understanding financials in your business now um, that one is really really important now it doesn't go to an, an accountant's level where you really really dig deep into the numbers but uh, what I realized is that a lot of uh, business owners don't understand the numbers within their business and there is some basic fundamental numbers that you do need in your business so um, you know um, you Oops, sorry, I'll just uh, share that back there again. Um, So, yeah, so um, today we're going to talk about market dominating position, right, which is the start of this series. Um, It's a really, really important one, and that's why I start off with this, because this is a a recipe for success, and you can't jump ahead. I see a lot of business um, owners jump straight into marketing and getting out there, doing Facebook ads, doing a lot of... um, sort of a networking um, and a lot of um, promotional um, activities, uh, marketing activities, without getting the fundamentals right, which is, I mean, obviously how you fit into the market. Um, this one is the positioning um, in the market where you you fit into it. Now, um, I will go into a little bit more around the difference between a market dominating position and a unique selling proposition or unique selling edge. Um, They're very, very similar, but I'm going to give you an example of uh, why they're a little bit different and why you need to understand that. So um, today we will be talking about market dominating position. Um, This lesson explains the single most important fundamental required in order to build a successful business. Now, um, especially in this current market where people are reaching out for, um, for help and tools and resources to get them over the, uh, the pandemic that we've been through for a little while now. It's going to be around for a little while, but people's buying decisions have changed. But uh, in reality, the fundamentals stay the same. And the, this, um, these groups there, uh, sessions are around about reinforcing the fundamentals of things that you should be doing in your business. So it's nothing outside of what you definitely need to be doing in your business. So you you might be unique, but it won't matter to your prospects unless it's a hot button issue for them. So that's where a market dominating position comes in place. And as I said, it's basically a unique selling proposition or really a distinct advantage um, targeting the hot buttons of your market. Now, as I said before, this is a fundamental element of marketing and growth in your business. Now, the video, hopefully you've, uh, you've watched the video this week. If you hadn't, 
go back to your student dashboard, watch it. Um, I'm going to be recording these sessions each week, so you can come back on the, um, I'm going to put them onto a, a private Facebook group, so you can come back and refresh it. Um, you can um, have a look at, um, you know, this live session in regards to Mark dominating position, which might give you a little bit of a ha, a, a ha moment or a light bulb moment or anything like that. So if you haven't watched the video, go back and watch it, then come back and watch the replay of this particular session and do that every week. Um, I've got a couple of people that uh, are on this particular session that can't um, that can't uh, join us um, every um, Thursday at this time. So they're really relying on those recordings in the Facebook. Um, also, if you've got any challenges or frustrations, pop it into the Facebook page. Um, I'm sure that we can put our heads together and, uh, and get that going. So uh, the video um, shows exactly what you need to do um, or need to know to create your own market dominating position. Now, it will separate your business from your competition and position, which is a very, very powerful tool, to position you as the dominant force in your market. Now, we'll be discussing the highlights of the video um, in, in this presentation and how the lesson applies to each of us. So let's get going. So um, the agenda today. Right. Um, I'll be asking pretty much um, a couple of simple questions, which I want you to start thinking about getting into you in the right frame of mind. So each week I'll be asking uh, you all to start thinking about a couple of questions. Um, they'll be um, pretty much um, what I'm trying to do is trying to switch on your brain to think differently right so you actually start absorbing some of these great insights and highlights that we're going to do so the questions i'm going to pretty much um get you to think about is your wins okay what's happened in the week i mean whether that's the video that you've watched that week that you've implemented it might be a video that you've watched on previous weeks as we get into these sessions that you've actually implemented and you start seeing some return on that um, that investment implementing it into it but it's very important that we understand our wins and we recognize our wins because they're the things that motivate us going forward so i want you to think about each week the positive side of your business and rather Rather than the negative side okay so you know i mean um what's your biggest wins and what advice really have you got um from uh, you know whether it might be other group members it might be me the insights that you've got from stuff or it could be outside that as well um the next one is um what have you learned right um you know what's um you know, what, what have you learned in the past week, right? We're gaining knowledge every day from people, what we see, um, maybe, you know, the interactions that we have with people. So what you've got to look at is what you've learned this week and reinforce that into your, um, your subconscious mind. Now, other one is what are you working on right now and where you need help specifically? Because if you do need some help, if you're working on something and you're stuck, if you've hit some roadblocks or some obstacles, then reach out to other people, right? Identify where you're stuck, come out, reach out, um, and I'm sure people will be help you. Um, it's important that everyone um, really needs to hear your story as well because it motivates other people to hear your wins. But uh, also, I mean, what you're struggling with as well because what we find is that, uh, or what I find is when I talk to uh, my clients and people around me, um, I find that we all have the same struggles, right? And we're all overcoming those. We're finding different ways. We're finding different um, sort of solutions to those problems. And it's great when we can share those out there. So, you know, I mean, um, it's very, very important for other people to hear your story, 
um, you know, it, it pretty much doesn't only encourage you to do better, but it, un- it encourages other people around you to say, oh, I'm not in the same boat. Um, other people are experiencing the same as me. So, you know, let's uh, just reach out. Um, we'll also be talking about um, the lesson review, so the points of, um, you know, that, that particular lesson, um, you know, the, the aha moments, the light bulb moments. I will um, also go into some important points that you need to take from the video and the particular lesson for that week. Um, you know, this is interactive. So, you know, I mean, um, if you do need any help or um, if you don't understand anything, then reach out um, and let's talk about that. Now, um, we're going to also um, have a look at the top. Um, I'm going to give you any, any of my top learnings from past experiences with each of these lessons going forward as well, which will give you a little bit of an insight of um, how I help clients outside the, um, the realms of just watching a video, trying to absorb that because um, it is a fundamental. It'll, um, you know, having a market dominating position you need in any industry, any business out there, but it can be tweaked slightly, right? And, um, you know, finding that position in the market can be a little bit challenging at times. We'll also go into um, some questions and answers. Um, So um, things like, um, you know, if you're struggling with anything or if you need some help, I'll uh, I'll have a little bit of a time within this um, live session to to answer um, or pretty much query some of your your questions that you might have. It might be on this session, uh, this lesson, or it could be on previous lessons. Doesn't matter. If you've got anything, then uh, bring it up at that. So, um, yeah, hopefully that makes sense. Um, as I said before, I'll give you my uh, top insights of um, what I've learned over the years. Um, if you haven't been following me or don't know me too much, I've had uh, pretty much 25 different businesses. And I say different businesses. I started off from the catering and hostelling industry as a chef. So I was in the um, that industry for a fair while when I went out um, on my own to open my own businesses. Um, I learned a lot. Now I've um, owned businesses right from um, key cutting businesses to florist businesses to um to even um construction businesses so anything outside that as well but my passion is around food so i do help a lot of um catering cafes restaurants hospitality organizations because that's uh where i um i have my passion around but i have clients um in different industries so yeah, hopefully that makes a little bit sense. We'll also um i'll uh, go a little bit of overview of the next set uh, lesson as well so um, I'll have um, any announcements coming up, so um, I'll uh, I'll share any events that are, that have uh, got planned coming up, which um, might help you a little bit. Um, so you know, I mean things like um, I've got uh, some live. Uh, webinars coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. Um, I've also got some, um, uh, I've got a podcast being released as well. So I'm up in that, having a few um, interviewed guests on that as well. So I'll give you a few announcements that are happening. So it gives you uh, a little bit of an insight of what's happening. So let's talk about your wins. If you've got any wins or anything, then uh, please share them with us. I've got about six, uh, eight people on this call, but I've got another uh, two, as I said before, two or three people I can't make this particular call. One of them is um, a guy called Tim or Timothy. Um, he uh, came on uh, pretty much towards the end of last year in one of my coaching programs. So I've got him on this group coaching uh, program going forward. Um, he is based 
based um, outside Australia, so the time difference is, doesn't work for him on this. But uh, he joined me last year because he did have a coach. He had a coach for about three or four years prior, very established business, but he just felt that um, he was not going anywhere. The business wasn't growing. It was pretty much not so much stagnant, but uh, he was making good money from the business, but he just wanted a little bit more. So he reached out to me. I told him a couple of things. I put him on a beta test for this particular um, uh, session. So I, I've tried, um, I did a beta test last year on a lot, a lot of the modules that I wanted to see that would resonate with people so I could actually start putting them into a session like this, the 50 series. So each week, I have a, um, a, a different lesson each week that builds on the last one. Um, so Mark dominating position, he went through. And what he found was that uh, he really didn't have a position in the market, even though he had, a, um, he had an established business, right? When he went through this lesson, he, he felt that he really didn't position himself in the market properly. So he took this one on board and a couple of the others that uh, um, in the next couple of weeks you're going to learn around things like elevator pitch and, um, you know, um, your um, how you actually market and your really your compelling message. So he took that on board, but this was a really, really big one for him because what he did was he really nutted down and found out what made him different okay um what what how he wanted to position himself in the market and what he did was he became a dominant force in his industry okay now before i go any further i just want to um sort of re um tell sort of go into what's the difference between market dominating position and unique selling edge or unique selling proposition, which is probably what you've heard um, before. Now, they are similar, right? But there is some big, big differences, right? And I'm going to give you a, um, a case study of one of my clients. I work with um, a lot of health and wellbeing industries. Um, so I've got a couple of dentists on board. And one of the dentists a few years ago was taking him through this, this process because it is part of my coaching process. Um, when I bring a new client on board. Um, and uh, I was taking him through this process of trying to find his market dominating position. So it was a little bit of a homework for him. He rang me a couple of days after our coaching call and he, he said, oh, look, Paul, I've got the perfect and the ideal market dominating position. Do you want to hear it? And I was really excited. I said, yeah, yeah, let me know. And he said, um, he said I've got this headline right, that really, really um, resonates with the people out there. And I said, what is it? And he said, we're the national number one that can help you with periodontal disease. Now, I can't even say it. I think it's periodontal disease. And I said, what's that? And he said to me, he said, oh, look, this is where um, the positioning is right there. He said, people over 50, right, um, between 50 and 60, 50% of the population will have this disease and I am a specialist in treating it. So I thought for a moment and I said back to him, I said, that's not a market dominating position. That's a unique selling proposition. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, put it this way, right? As a person over 50, right, I would put myself into the category of the 50% that isn't going to get it. Okay, so, you know, I mean, you're going out there saying that 50% of the population will get it, right? 100% of the population will think that they will fit into the, um, the position of 50% that I'm not going to get it. Okay, so it's not a market dominating position. It needs to be a hot button that people are going to resonate with. It is a unique selling proposition, but it's not a positioning um, tool to, um, to put you as a dominating marketing position. 
So I hope that makes sense. So you've got to look at things that are um, that are going to be resonating with people that are going to take action. So those real, real hot buttons. So hopefully that'll um, you know that'll uh, pretty much um, give you a little bit of insight of thinking about a market dominating position, right? And uh, you know which then leads into your compelling message on how you're actually um, uh, sort of communicating that out to a wider audience. Now, if you have any problems with this please reach out. I'll be able to, I've got some tools and resources that can help you that, uh, that really identify that. But when you hit that, right, you don't even, you don't need to look back. You don't need to, I mean, I've got clients out there that have really nailed their market dominating position where they, they, they really positioned themselves um, in their market as number one, right? And they're really dominating and they don't have to market. People are gravitating and, um, you know, attracting to, to them and their business. So, you know, there is a lot of um, uh, sort of benefits by spending a bit of time on this. Now, let's look at the lesson review. Um, I'm just going to go through the main lesson points um, in the video um, this week. And, um, you know, I just want to recap some of the highlights in there to, to give you a little bit. So the first one is the majority of small businesses established in response to market demand for a product or service. Okay, so, um, you know, things like, um, you know, uh, we always look at the demand for, um, uh, for the service or the, the product, okay, but many build their businesses by serving that demand and enjoying growing profits without putting much effort into the long-term planning of the marketing. Okay, which means that, you know, a lot, I see a lot of businesses out there that just do, um, you know, they just do the market demand, but they don't look at the long-term aspects of that demand going forward, okay? So, you know, what happens when the demand, you know, stops or it slows down, right, and you've really built your business on that demand, right? You're then looking outside that square thinking, okay, well, now I've got to reinvent the wheel again. But what happens when the comp um, competition sets up shop? near you with a new and improved version of your product down the road? Or how do you keep your offering fresh while growing and maintaining your client base? The answer is you need to innovate your business and offer extraordinary value by creating that market dominating position. So consider this. Every choice you make when buying a product or service represents a point of difference. So between you know, your company and your, your competitors. So these differences, whether um, you know, they're uh, distinct or they could be very uh, subdued or, or very low or you know, not really out there, people's space, it really determines which customers will buy what you sell. Okay, so um, if I give you an example, consider the well, um, you know, uh, uh, we've probably all heard of Domino's pizzas. So why did Domino's become a massive billion-dollar business in an overcrowded market in just a few years? Okay. Now, if you follow Domino's right from start to here, you'll see some massive insights of, of really how a business can innovate themselves on a continual basis and really grow in a very, very crowded market. So uh, did you know Domino's made the best pizzas? Well, you know, it's not even close. I don't think they make the best pizzas out there, right? Um, did they offer the, um, uh, the comfort of in-house dining, for instance? No, they didn't do that either. Did they offer the largest selection on their menu? 
They offered the exact same pizzas that all their competitors had. They dominated by adopting and implementing one major strategy. They created a market-dominating position, which was fast, hot pizzas targeted specifically for, um, for college kids in, in America. That's where they started, okay? So I want you to ask yourself, okay, um, what, if anything, makes your business different from your competitors? As perceived by your target prospects and customers, and what exactly is a market-dominating position in your particular industry? It's simply, um, it could be as simple as there's any value-added customer-perceived benefit, okay? Now, remember customer-perceived, a perception is very, very high, and we get into that in a few of the lessons going forward, but what you want to try and do is to get that perception out there that, um, you know, you've got the, the best quality product, you've got the good customer service. It's a perceived value, not necessarily a real value. Now, um, you know, it could be a combination of benefits and features as well that makes you different from your competition, right? Um, and, you know, when you think about this stuff, is it a strong enough um, sort of, is it strong enough that it makes your business the logical choice of the minds of your prospects and customers? So when they look at you, it's a logical choice to actually buy your products and services. That's where we're pretty much heading with when, when we look at this market dominating position. Now, if you don't revisit the value that you offer, and you'll probably hear me talk about value over price any day of the week right? People shop value, they don't shop price, okay? Um, you know, if you start looking at the value you offer, right, your customers will be drawn to you, um, to you for specific reasons. Now, everyone can add value to their business and just adding value doesn't have to blow your marketing budget or take up, you know, time to do or anything like that. There are many ways to enhance your business in the eyes of your, your clients um, around value. Now, the key to adding value is determining what your customer in your target market perceives as valuable. So you must understand their needs, wants, troubles, their, their problems and, um, you know, and really, in order to entice them with solutions through um, valid value-added products and services, right, you nearly really need to get into the shoes of your, your clients, your customers, or your really your prospects as well, because that's what's going to get them to gravitate to work with you, to buy your products, to, um, to start, you know, um, spending some money with you. So, you know, in essence... Right, um, adding value will also add to your profits in your in your bottom line as well. So if you don't focus on generally helping your clients, you'll have a difficult time attracting them or or getting them um, uh, to really take notice of you. So when we um, when we've learned that creating um, a market dominating position, right, we can really look at um, a five step process. Now, um, the first one is really what we've got to try and do is to try and um, uh, determine your strategic position in the market. So pretty much that's step one, right? You need to really determine the strategic position. And I'll get into that, um, you know, a little bit more detail. But what specifically niche market or segment um, of the marketplace should your business focus on? 
right? Now, remember, focus on not necessarily be delivering or anything like that. What I'm trying to get you to think about is to be different, right, and think outside the square. So don't look at, um, don't think, okay, this is what my competition does. That's what I am have to have to do. I see that a lot, you know what I mean? Especially in the real estate agents, just bought a real estate agent on board, right? And I've asked him, how do you market? And he said, oh, yeah, well, we we put appraisal slips in, in people's letterboxes. We send out um, uh, marketing material with magnets that they can put on their fridge, all that stuff that real estate agents do. And I asked him, why do you do that? And he said, well, that's what we do in our industry. So I said, okay, well, that's not what we're going to do to really build your real estate business. Okay. So I want you to think outside the square here. So, you know I mean, you've got to look at, um, as I said before, right, niche markets that you need to be focusing on. You need to determine this, um, you know, um, by involving um, some skills in your business, right, um, that's really uh, not met by your competitors, okay? So you're really targeting prospects and you're, you're actually communicating out to them, right, things that your competition may do but is not communicating out there, right? Um, so hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. But, uh, you know, if you, if you do struggle with this kind of stuff, as I said before, reach out. I'll be able to have a bit of a chat with you and we can start putting this all together, right? But, uh, you know, the first step is determining your strategic position in the market. The second one is to determine your primary market dominating position, right? Now, what does that mean? This is the most dominating advantage that separates you from your company your competitors. This is what literally forces your prospects to say, I'd be an idiot to do business with anyone other than you. I'm going to repeat that. It literally forces your prospects to think and say to themselves, I'd be an idiot to do business with anyone other than you. So that's your primary market dominating position. The third one is to determine your supporting business model. So what does that mean? Well, that means um, how will you specifically deliver what your strategic position and your market or your primary market dominating position promises? So what changes, if any, do you need to consider making to your business to ensure you deliver consistently on your position and your promise? So that's really determining your supporting business model. It supports your first two, which is your market dominating position and your strategic position in the market. Step four is determining your second market dominating position. So that's what additional competitive advantage does your business offer that your customers will perceive as being different from your competition. So what's that other, you know, advantages that you have in your business that, um, you know, that your customers or your prospects see and say, oh, that's, that's what makes them different from their, their competition, right? So it's a secondary market dominating position. Step five goes into creating your market dominating um, uh, sorry, your market dominating statement or elevator pitch. So you've probably heard of this before when we talk about elevator pitch, it's really a compelling message. What comes out of your mouth when you when people ask you what you do, right? It's, a, it's really your positioning statement. So this is simply, um, you know, as I said, a statement you can create by combining steps one through four, 
So you look at steps one through four with your, um, your, your strategic position, your primary market dominating position, your supporting business model, your secondary market dominating position. You look at all those four and you put it into a sentence, you put it into a statement that helps state what makes you different from your competition. Right. Um, you know, so this is really, really important. What we're doing there now is when you start identifying steps one to four, you then start producing that compelling message or what I call it, that um, that uh, million dollar message. I call it a million dollar message because it will um, I've seen it right just by getting um, a statement and elevator pitch right can generate millions of dollars for your business. So. Now let's look at the three categories where you might be able to find a market-dominated position for your business. Category one involves the level of service you provide. Okay, so um, these are the, you know, they total of six. So this is with what we're talking about, the, the service level of what you're providing to your clients and your customers. Now, there's a total of six different areas where you can actually add value when it comes to service. The first one is convenience, right? Now, what do we talk about convenience? Well, in today's hectic world, the one thing most people value more than money and time, um, oh, sorry, more than money is their time, right? Time, right? There's two things people really um, are focused on, right, going forward, and that's more money and more time. Now, unfortunately, we only have 24 hours in a day. Anyone only has 24 hours a day. So what we're looking at is to try to make our time more effective and more productive. So, you know, um, how do you explain, um, a, um, uh, well, okay, if I take one step back, right, okay, if you look at the businesses that are thriving, right, in this um, economic times now with the pandemic and whatever, right, there's two things. It's convenience, right, and it's consistency, right? That's what two pe uh, the people are gravitated to, those two things. So we're talking about convenience here, right? It really, if you, if you concentrate on convenience, right, it's going to lift your level of service that you're going to provide, but it's also going to attract people to you. So um, in, in pretty much, um, I've done a, um, a few surveys on this previously through the pandemic. I think I did a survey in the middle of last year, and I found that people's buying habits are 40% more increased, right, if they feel that the convenience is in there. Okay, so, you know, I mean, things like, you know, I mean, if you look at Uber Eats now, it's a very convenient, right, to get Uber Eats, uh, something um, come out to you rather than you going to the restaurant, that's a convenience. So you can see how Uber Eats um, as a business has grown massively over the last two years because people want that convenience. So let me ask you, what are some examples of businesses that thrive on convenience, right? Now, I've mentioned one, obviously Uber Eats. I want you to start thinking about other ones that you use, right? Um, you know, where you shop, where you buy, right? And is it because they're very convenient to buy from, okay? So if you look at uh, things like, you know, I mean, the online shoppers, right? E um, eBay, Amazon, Amazon in particular. Um, if you look at... Um, uh, 
the the CEO, right, and how he's grown that company, right, to a massive, massive business um, and company. It's all around convenience, very convenient to get online. You've got a range of products which have been um, sort of updated all the time, right, but it's convenience to get on there, buy the product, and it's delivered to your door, right? That's the main thing why Amazon has grown so much. So think about anything that you could do in your business around convenience to lift that level of service that you provide. The second one is um, when we look at, sorry, convenience, right, you might uh, be able to look at location, right? So, you know, I mean, location could be a really, really good one for convenience for people, right? So you might be, um, uh, you might be situated somewhere right, where people, um, it's convenient for people to call in, buy your products, work with you, the whole lot. So, you know, changing locations might not be an option, right, but, um, you know, a great location is, um, you know, it could be a very, very good um, insight into lifting your level of service. The second one you could look at is availability, right, which is a really, really big one since we've been through the pandemic. I've seen a lot of my clients and people outside that have had problems with availability, their stock and their uh, their equipment and how they're delivering it. So, you know, your customers want to do business on their schedule, not yours. So ask yourself what you can do to make your business more available, including extended hours maybe, right, or uh, the days you're open for business. You might extend your days um, that you're open or open certain days that you're not. I mean, I've got clients now that are actually available on a Saturday, right, when they only were available Monday to Friday. So they're getting a lot more uh, customers through their door. They're a service-based um, uh, business, they're getting a lot more clients because they're giving that extra four hours to eight hours on a Saturday, and that availability is more um, a little bit a little bit better for their their clients to come through. A lot of their clients work Monday to Friday, don't have time to to sort of reach out. So he's he's extended it out hours um, on a Saturday, and his uh, businesses has thrived. So, um, you know, think of availability, how you can maybe extend your hours or your availability to talk to people. I'm now available on a Saturday, which I didn't do before, only because a few people have said, look, right, um, I can't catch up on, a, on during the week. Can we do it on a weekend? So I've just extended my hours on a, on a Saturday sometimes as a um, little bit of a, um, a sort of a level of um, convenience more than anything. That's what we're talking about. Next is the ordering process. Now, uh, this is um, in a lot of my retail stores. This is a, a big one. Um, ordering should be easy. If it's hard to order the products, people will get put off. So if ordering is typically a headache for your customers, right, you should look at um, this as, as, as a major um sort of incentive to put into your business. Um, you know, solving this problem, you can help you to establish a powerful market dominating position because a lot of people, a lot of um, retail businesses aren't looking at their ordering process. They've got that in place and they've never looked at um, the environment's changed over the last couple of years. People's buying habits have changed, but um, I see a lot of businesses haven't kept up, haven't stepped up. And one of the things is their ordering process. Okay, um, you know, people uh, uh, want stuff right now. They're not ready to wait. As I said before, it's on their agenda, not yours. So you've got to start um, adapting your business around that. So remember this, you can't make ordering too easy, 
right? You can't make it too enjoyable, right? Um, you know, you have to attempt to contact a business where where it was all um, pretty much impossible to speak with a real like human being. So what do I mean by that is remember when we used to, you know, phone the call, uh, phone people and we talk to a person, right? Now we actually talk to, to chat bots. We talk to um, AI intelligence, the whole lot, right? So, you know, you should really instead um, be, um, you know, looking at that as um, going forward. So you should have automated voice messages when people are are phoning you and you're not available, right? So they are talking to somebody rather than just trying to leave a message, right? Um, You know, you've got to look at uh, what, what I'm trying to get around here is that you need to keep up with technology, right? People's buying habits changing, right? People are now adapted that when they ring somebody, there's an automated message. There's pretty much a chance that they're not going to talk to a real human being. Now, if you can deliver that, if you can be on the other other phone, you've got a massive market dominating position, I can tell you right now, because most businesses are are moving towards that automotive messaging. But, you know, you've got to keep up with the technology. There's technology out there that can, um, I mean, I've got an automotive message that takes people through a journey, which I've recorded. So they think that they're talking to um, somebody um, on the other end of the line automatically. So, um, you know, look at uh, those three things where, you know, location availability in the ordering process. The next one is delivery. Right, which I want to um, really concentrate on because delivery is a massive um, incentive for people to buy or work with you. Right, when providing your customer with more convenient location, um, for instance, isn't an option, then the next best thing you can do is to bring your product or service to the customer. So if location isn't an ideal market dominating position for you, you might be outside, you might not be a convenient location for people, then look at the delivery process, right? Taking your product, your service out to the customer, okay? I've got my accountant now or one of my my clients is an accountant. He always got his clients to come to him. Right. So what he's doing is he's taking a few of his um, of his large clients, his very important clients, and he's actually going out to them. He's going out to their business. He's going out to their home, and he's actually meeting them in the in their environment rather than his. Right. What it's doing is it's building that rapport up, but it's also uh, building that retention with his clients. Right. And he's getting more better results. Right. So look at the delivery of your product and service as a market dominating position. Okay, um, payment terms. Okay, right. Um, people now, because of the online world that we live in, right? People have, um, want that those payment terms to be very, very easy, right? Okay, to to make that transition right through. But more than that, right? You could offer finance um, options in there as well. So you know, if people are struggling, I mean, we've got Afterpay now, we've got ZipPay, we've got all those things coming in hop onto that in your payment terms, right, which might give you a market-dominating position against your competitors. Your competitors might want, you know, can only pay by credit card and direct debit and that's it, right? You might have a financial option where they pay over a certain amount of time that you can put into your business. It'll put you as a unique um, position out into the market. Right. Um, you know, you can differentiate your business by offering payment terms over 30, 60, 90 days. 
Okay, um, you know, you might have multiple payment options such as three easy payment plans, right? All these things that are out there at the moment that you might not have in your industry or in your business. So um, you can do the research and you'll find out that, um, you know, things sell for, if you have it for $39.95 instead of $40, it'll sell a lot more. Okay. Now, you probably heard this before. If you're in the retail, you'll understand what I'm saying. But a lot of businesses out there don't realize that they have a flat price of like $100, right? If you have it $99.95, it'll sell a lot quicker than $100, you know? Um, you know, um, you also uh, look at, um, you know, increasing your prices. When you look at increasing your prices, right, you increase to the off the dollar. Okay, so if you if you're increasing your price by ten dollars instead of going from forty to fifty dollars, you go from forty to forty uh, forty nine dollars ninety five or something or forty nine fifty or whatever. So you're increasing those prices. It doesn't have the 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 same impact as just giving a uh, a ten percent or a ten dollar rise or whatever the case might be. So hopefully this is making sense for you. The the next one is. Um, is what we call miscellaneous services. So what additional services do your customers consider to be important? Okay, um, if your business attracts parents with small kids, for instance, consider offering childcare services while the parent shops or take care of businesses. Okay, I've got a shopping centre around the corner for me, right? It's just been built. It's probably going to be open in the next two, three months. They have a childcare creche in there, right, that's funded by Woolworths and Coles in there so people can come and do their shopping and put their kids in the creche, right? I think it's going to be a growing trend um, in, in shopping centres going out there. So think about other services that you can provide, right, that's going to be, um, you know, that, that would be considered, Right, uh, very important to your uh, to your customers. So you know things like um, you know, as I said, a crash. Right, when you're doing shopping, it's going to be a massive incentive for parents or or mums that are doing the shopping and don't have to grab the kids around while they do their shopping. Just think about that. And it's not out there at the moment, but it's a growing trend. So you know, think outside the square if you if you can. Now we'll still we'll go on to the next level of service, right, which is around speed. Right. Um, this is pretty much um, one of the, the six. And it's, you know, because we're in a fast paced world now or a fast paced society in reality, speed and convenience are becoming the major players in, in customers buying decisions. I do a lot around, um, you know, analysing why people um, buy certain aspects and why they take, you know, the journey that they take to buy certain products or services. So, you know, you got to think about that. And speed is one of the one of the biggest ones what people are looking at. Um, you know, you know, find opportunities here that you can um, really look at um, in your business that will quickly right, increase the speed of how you're delivering things out there, how you're talking to people, how you're following up on people, the whole lot, because that is what people really need. They, they want instant gratification. We want instant gratification now. We're not ready to wait. I mean, this has been going on since emails first came out, right? When e emails first came, came out, you'd send an email and probably, you know, it could be a couple of days before you got a reply. That was a norm. Right now, people are sending emails and they want an instant reply. Right, they're waiting. They send an email and they're actually waiting for a reply. Right, you know, we sometimes we can't do that. 
right? But if we can send it, you know, I mean, I've got an automated message that goes out when somebody sends me an email. Yes, thanks for your email. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So at least then they get some sort of recognition from that and they know that they've been acknowledged. So look at the speed of the things. If you're in a retail business, right, how long is the delivery of that product out to the out to the customer. Now I know we've had some challenges with um, with deliveries through the through the pandemic, but there is ways of actually doing that, and people are a little bit flexible around that. But at the end of the day, if you can get your product out to to the customers um, quicker than your competitors, you've actually got a market dominating position. Just think of that. Next one is education and training. Prospects and customers today value education and training as much as they do value price, right? We all want to be learning on a day-to-day basis. They want to take advantage of all the benefits your product or service can offer them, and they know that education and training can help them accomplish that goal. Okay. So small business owners can instantly complete, compete against major corporations by offering specials and targeting training to their customers when their, their major competition um, pretty much fails to provide it. So what I'm talking about is if you've got a, um, I've got a client that sends out a product, right, um, and then uh, he's got a lot of competition with that product, what makes him different is, is that he attaches some training right, um, to that product, which is made, the major corporations don't do. They just send the product out there, right, um, and then that's it. He actually sends some training, how-to videos, what to look out for, how to get the best value out of the product. Okay, so he's got a little bit of a training in there as well. That's what um, distinguishes him differently. So look at training and education within your um, within your uh, business. So when I send out tools and resources, right, um, certain things like my conversion equation evaluator, which uh, which um, you know can evaluate your marketing from a scale from one to five in different from the um, from the profit formulas and and all that. Right. When I send that out as a template, I also send out a little bit of a training on how to use it to the best um, benefit for the client so the, the, the client can get the best from using that in their business. So instead of just sending out the template, right, here's the template, here's the checklist, here's the cheat sheet, whatever you send out, right, I always send a, an instruction manual with it. So I'm educating them. I'm training on how, how to use that to the best advantage. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, around it, right? Um, the next one is you need to remove all potential risk, right? This is a big one because when people look at buying a product or service, what goes through their mind or their subconscious mind or that little person on their shoulder talking to them all the time, what it's saying is what's the risk factor in purchasing this product or uh, purchasing this service or whatever the case might be, working with this person. So for me, I have an intangible product. I don't have a physical product that people can feel, touch, you know, use and say, yeah, this has worked, here's the money. I have an intangible product. So for me, I have to remove the risk factors massively so people feel comfortable in, in working with me. So look at removing potential purchase risks from working with you or, or uh um, you know, um, uh, buying your product or working with you. So, I mean, you've probably heard the money-back guarantees or uh, the return policies. You know, these things are becoming very, very norm in most industries. You know what I mean? But, you know, look at your industry closely and if you find that none of your competitors offer a 100-back 
100% money back guarantee, for instance, you're sitting on a gold mine. You know, you then have the opportunity to make your business the only logical choice by doing things like that. You know what I mean? So, you know, look at removing the, um, uh, the risk factors. We then move on to quality. Right. Um, you know, we always want quality, right, um, in what we do. Now, it is a very, very vague term, but it can be a very powerful differentiator. Think of quality as a perceived benefit received by your customer. Okay. So perceived around the quality. Okay. Um, moving on, security, right? Um, security and safety, people look at that as well, right? Um, with the internet scams, for instance, um, an online fraud, um, you know, is, is pretty much on the headlines on a day-to-day -day basis, not to mention overall crime rates are increasing. Um, you know, security and safety have now entered into the decision-making process for most prospects and people buying your product or service. Um, if your business is located in a less desirable neighbourhood, for instance, or you, um, you deal with children or the elderly, right, um, as you know, I, I work with a, with a few aged care sectors, so it's very, very high on security, safety in what we do, you need to ask yourself what steps you can take to make your prospects feel totally safe. So, you know, I mean, if, um, as I said before, if you've got a retail store in, an, in, a, in a low economic area, right, um, you could um, hire a security guard or somebody by the door, right, which is just giving that added security for your patrons to come in, right? And you'll see it. You'll see it out in a lot of the pharmacies out there have got um, security um, personnel at the door, which just gives that sense of safety to the people that are coming. So, um, hopefully that all makes sense, right, um, in regards to um, these service levels on how you can actually um, look at increasing your level of service, but it can add massive value to your market dominating position if you concentrate on these. Now, if we look at the next section, right, which is selection, right, um, selection can include um, models, shapes, sizes, styles, colours and so on. Just to look at the computer or mobile phone market, for instance, for years you, 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 mean you only had a single colour or choice. Now you have the choice of multiple colours and, you know, um, you know, and, and people are, are gravitating to that, right? So, you know, the mobile phone um, uh, makers have to deliver that need. So they've got to come out with new product, uh, new um, uh, technology all the time because that's what people are looking for. They've got to come out with new colours. They've got to come out with new concepts. They've got to come out with new shapes and they've got to come out with all these things on a continual basis. They've got to keep on innovating themselves to keep up with that out there as well. So look at the selection that you've got. I mean, um, other examples... Um, businesses that you you might know is things like um you know around the dominating marketing position are things like netflix right baskin robbins you know the ice cream and as i mentioned before amazon right look at those businesses very closely right and look at their market dominating position because that's what we're trying to to look at so i mean selection when we look at amazon amazon is continually looking for new products Right, increasing that selection on their um, on their database or their uh, their catalogs, right, for their customers. The next one is pricing. Right now, um, having the lowest price price represents a good market dominating position. Right, but you're settling for a lower profit margin. Right, um, so you know I wouldn't really be suggesting dropping your prices to be competitive. 
right? As I said, people buy value, not price. So never forget that prospects buy value, not price. Think of that as you go, right? Never forget that. If you fail to convince a prospect of your value proposition, you can cut your price in half and you still won't get the sale. Research shows that only 14% of prospects buy strictly on price. However, if you combine price with other market-dominating advantages, then price can be a compelling tool. Because what happens is that they look at your, your other market, as I said, your secondary market dominating position, maybe your par, primary market dominating position, right? And your, your price might be higher than your competitors, but your competitors don't have that um, position in that market for that. So they'll, can't, they'll gravitate and pay the extra price for you. So price can be de uh, determined in, in, in pretty much three ways. Single or fixed pricing, so you probably understand that. Business can differentiate themselves by offering a set price for things um, and charge by the hour, for instance, for me or the unit or anything like that, right? Okay, so, you know, I mean, think of how you're, you're actually charging or um, have you got a fixed price or, you know, have you got other uh, pricing models? Um, you can use uh, fixed fix pricing for... Um, you know, if you're in intangible products like me, you can use fixed pricing for every time that they come and visit you. So if you look at lawyers and accountants and all that, they're on a fixed price model when you come and see them. That's how much per hour they're, they're, uh, they charge. The second one is increasing or decreasing your the price you charge. So, you know... Um, your prospects often judge the quality of your product or service by the price you charge. So they, they weigh it all up. And if you're not um, sort of communicating the value of what you do out there, then um, obviously your people are looking at price. Okay, and I see it probably 80 to 90% of businesses out there, they don't communicate the value. So uh, people look at the price and they determine their, their buying decision on that. So this is uh, especially true on products and services that we know very little about. So we don't know the product, we don't know the service, right? And we don't see some uh, perceived value in there. Then we're looking at the price and making our decision around that. Um, an example, for instance, is wine. Right, someone buying a wine as a gift may assume the more expensive wine must be better. Right, so when you buy wine, if you buy a wine a connoisseur, right, we have this perceived value that the more we pay for a wine, right, the better it must be. Right, but in recent surveys, the result concludes that people could only tell the difference between cheap and expensive white wines fifty-three percent of the time and 40% of the time for red wines. So they can't tell the difference between a cheap wine and an expensive wine in a blind tasting. So in other words, it's about the same percentage as, um, you know, if, you know if, you, um, if you were guessing if it was a cheap or um, uh, an expensive wine. It's a 50-50 split. So if you were a wine connoisseur, you might be able to tell some differences out there, right? But majority of people wouldn't know the difference. It'd be a 50-50 split. If I put an expensive wine and a cheap wine uh, together, right, they couldn't, pretty much they couldn't tell the difference between the two. But when you look at the prices, there's a lot of difference. You can go out there and buy $5 wines and you can buy, you know, 100, you know, 90, 80, $90 wines, average price of a wine is around about $30, $40. So, you know, think about that, okay? Think about, you know, the perceived value of what the wine industry has done out there, 
right? We still have that perceived perception that the more we pay for wine, the better it should, well, it, it is. The next one is um, offering small value-added services. So what do I mean by this? Well, there are always customers um, that will gladly pay you a little extra to receive a higher level of service. Okay. If you believe this may apply to your business, you may want to think about raising your service level along with your pricing. So, you know, I mean, have that step up, increase the service level and increase your price because people will, will go along with that. So, you know, I mean, look at value added services, right? Now, they don't require a large, huge investment to execute this particular strategy. It's often the little things that make the biggest difference. So just training your staff to greet your customers in a pleasant way right, and calling them by their first name may make all the difference in the world, okay? So think about those little subtle differences that you could put in there, right, um, on giving that value-added service, okay? Um, my pharmacy that I've got on board, right, everyone that comes in that has a, um, that puts a, um, a uh, prescription in, right, they've got a little bit of orange juice uh, there for them to, to have a drink, right? And a lot of people do do have a drink. It's that just that little bit of added service, which is, you know, not out there. They have a jug of orange juice with some glasses. And, you know, when somebody puts a, um, puts a prescription in, right, they just say, oh, look, that'll be about five to 10 minutes. Are you going to wait? Yeah, I'm going to wait for it. Okay, well, while you're waiting, just help yourself to a, to a, um, to a glass of orange juice. Okay, you know, it's doing a couple of things. It's adding that, that small value. But, you know, remember market dominating position, they're now becoming unique. Okay, people will talk about that, you know, raving fans, you know, I mean, as we, um, we all know, right, word of mouth marketing is the cheapest, most effective way to build your business. Okay, these things um, really elevate those and layer those things up doing these little subtle differences. So in summary, um, you know, um, we, we look at, uh, we, we can see that service, selection and price make up the three categories that will be enable you to separate your business from your competition. Now, you can use this lesson to help you find your own market dominating position for your business. And once you do, you can then create your, as I said before, your million dollar message. Okay, that's where we're heading to. So you've got that elevator pitch, you've got that, um, you know, you've got that messaging right down pat. The next lesson um, is we go into the elevator pitch, which I'll get into in a minute. But, um, you know, you've got to get the foundations right. You've got to find out where you position yourself in the market, right, against your competition, against your competitors, right, and what you can deliver out there. And we've spoken, you know, I mean, if you're really concentrating on, on the three things, look at the service level, right, the selection and the pricing, right, then, um, you know, most businesses, right, don't look at that. You're doing it. You're far above your uh, competition um, just by really analysing those three things anyway. So um, what we need to do, um, you know, in um, going forward, as I said, is to really position yourself so you actually are a dominant force in your industry. That's where we're heading, not only in this set, in this lesson, but other lessons going forward. So I just wanted to re uh, put that into your mind now going forward. So I want to try and put you in the in the right uh, mindset. So let's go to questions and answers. Um, do you have any questions or anything? I've just had a uh, looking at the chat box and um, uh, Brian's asked, uh, let me just have a look. Oh, Brian's asked market dominating position, right? Um, 
he's got a uniqueness. I know what you do, Brian, and I know where you're coming from. Maybe we can take this offline and do it a little bit, but Brian's just asking. Um, he's put a, um, a market-dominating position in there. right? He has a few um, issues with um, his competitors, um, uh, and he calls it bastardising his industry. Okay, so what happens is, is that he's in an industry that's very competitive. He has a lot of cowboys come in into it, right? Um, take uh, take advantage of the um, of the opportunity, and then they've gone. But what happens is, is that um, you really um, uh, they leave a, a tainted taste in that industry. Okay, and I'll give you another example. I've had a a client on board that's a, a carpet cleaner. Right. And uh, he um, he came to me a couple of years ago and he said, I've been doing this for a long, long time. I'm seeing a lot more people that uh, are out of work because of the pandemic and uh, and all that. They're getting a, um, a vacuum cleaner and a mop and they're calling themselves cleaner and they're doing residential cleaning. Right. Especially here in WA. Right. Um, I'm trying to compete against that. So I set, I went through the market dominating position with him, what makes him unique. Right. And um, his compelling message is now right, what he identified was that, uh, you know, probably 60 to 70 percent of his work was fixing their mistakes. OK. Right. Now, they were a lot cheaper than him. Right. And he didn't want to bring his prices down because it would erode his profit margins, whatever. Right. But he was competing on price because people didn't see the value of what he was doing for a higher price. So what we did was we restructured his business or remodeled his business slightly or his messaging, not so much his business. Right. His messaging. Right. To come out of the, um, you know, and his messaging was we fix the other um, carpet cleaners mistakes. Because what he found was people ringing up and saying, Leah, look, I need you to come in because he was um, he specialised in removing stains from carpets and rugs. Okay? He wasn't communicating that out there, but what was happening was people ringing him up and saying, look, I've had somebody out to remove a, a red wine stain, for instance, and they've made it worse. Okay, so he's gone out there and he can't fix it because they've used chemicals that have, um, you know, um, have uh, reinforced the stain within that carpet. So he's reversed it. Well, what we did when I started working with him, we reversed that, uh, re reversed engineered his messaging, right? So when he goes out there, he says, look, there's a lot of competitors out, um, a lot of um, carpet cleaners out there that are a lot cheaper than me. Right, but I just want to warn you that they use inferior products. Um, they don't know what they're doing, and they make my job a lot harder when you call me after they've been out there to fix a problem. So you know what he's doing is he's, he's reinforcing to those people out there that you can pay a cheaper price, but you can take the risk that it's not going to work, and you're going to have to call me anyway. So think about that as a, a you know a messaging. So Brian, let's uh, let's catch up after this, and I'll uh, I'll uh, go through a couple of specific things with you going forward. So, um, what's the top insights? So let's look at the top insights um, from um, from this lesson itself. So you know um, from a market dominating position, right? The biggest insight is that it will help you determine your differentiation against your competition, right? Now, you need to be an apple in a basket of oranges because if you're not, you're competing on price. And I see it day in, day out, okay? So you've got to look at differentiation. And you've probably heard this many times from marketing people and other people out there. You need to be um, distinct and different from your competitors, okay? This 
lesson, becoming or uh, looking or identifying your market dominating position will help you dif uh, differentiate yourself from your competitors. So pretty much that should be the top insight from this lesson itself is around really concentrating on this, right? Make it part of your um, this week's daily activity to look at this very closely and how you can um, implement it into your business. Next lesson. Next lesson, as I said before, is around um, uh, comp um, uh, completing a compelling elevator pitch. Now, what do I mean by compelling, right? Now, when we get into it, it will, um, it will determine, right, what you say when somebody, especially when somebody says, what do you do? right? I see it all the time. I ask people on a day-to-day -day basis that I meet, what do you do? And they always come out is that I do this or I am this, okay? I am an accountant. I am a lawyer. I am a business coach, right? You know, I, um, you know, I construct fencing, you know, right? It just doesn't resonate with people, right? You know, um, so our next lesson, we'll really dig deep into um, getting a compelling elevator pitch. So for me as a business coach, right, my, my pitch, when somebody asks me what do I do, I don't say I'm a business coach or marketing strategist, right, which is what I am, right? I tell them the, um, the pretty much the problem they've got and the solution in that messaging. So I'll say things like um, I help business owners like you with um, – with leads without spending any money on marketing advertising. Or I can say, you know what I mean? Because I know that hot buttons for people are leads and they don't want to be spending money on marketing. So if I concentrate on those two hot buttons, my compelling message or my elevator pitch is that I help small to medium businesses generate 30 hot leads in the next 30 days without spending any money on marketing advertising. Doesn't that have a, valid, a better compelling message than just saying I'm a business coach and marketing strategist? So think about that. We're going to go through that on our next lesson. Um, you know, um, very, very big one. It will build on today's lesson, which is the market dominating position. If you know how you're positioning out there, you've done some research, you found out the hot buttons for your, your prospects, your clients and your customers, and then we can start getting the message together. Now, um, I've got a, um, a group, um, a, a couple of sessions coming up or some workshops coming up right, that um, I'm going to start releasing in the next probably week or so. So I'll send the dates out there for that. But uh, more importantly, right, I've, uh, I've got a software program that I call the, the um, uh, Profit Acceleration Software, where I take people through, ask them a series of questions, the algorithms pick it up, it, it spits out a roadmap um, of um, what I need to concentrate on for my client, but also what the, uh, the prospects or my clients need to do. Now, um, for you guys on this, um, on this course, right, I normally charge $997 for that, right, because it is a very, very good report that the people take away with, with a step-by-step -step process of what they need to do each week, each month, each quarter to achieve the results that um, is put through when we ask these questions. So, I mean, I've just taken somebody through this week, uh, through the process, took them an hour and a half, charged them 997, right? Um, they, when we put in all the strategies that we, um, that the algorithms picked up that would work in their business, right? They came out um, with a 350% increase in turnover over the next 12 months, right? Um, so they said, oh, fantastic, great. The roadmap actually 
um, puts a step-by-step -step process to achieve that over the next 12 months. So he rang me this morning and said, I need help with this. Can you help me? Not a problem. Got him on board, right? So, you know, um, at the end of the day, he could have taken that away. It would have cost him $1,000. He could have implemented that himself. That's okay, right? Sometimes people say, geez, I want this. It's only a fraction of the cost that I would get, um, uh, the return on the investment from working with me. So they, they come on board. But, uh, you know, if you want to come through that process, I will take you through it for free. So I'm giving you a 9.97 value right now. I could probably only take five to 10 people on board um, in the next uh, sort of month or so, probably only five. Um, so the first five will probably get it. So jump in quick, um, reach out, direct message me, uh, text me or uh, send me an email and uh, I'll get you in for that free of charge. You'll get that roadmap on what to do um, this year to achieve those results. So, guys, um, thanks for joining me. Um, um, next week, as I said before, is pretty much that compelling message, um, you know, getting that down pat, right? Um, if you're struggling with anything um, from this lesson, so the market dominating position, if you can just can't find that out, reach out. Let's catch up on a personal call um, or put it into the Facebook group. As I said before, this recording will go into the Facebook group as well. So you can sort of refer back to it or if you miss it, then you can uh, have a look at that as well. But uh, each week, um, pretty much this is the agenda that we will go through um, and I'll, I'll follow it each week. So at least then you know what, what to expect. If you doubt any questions, anything, post it in the Facebook group. Um, if you want some more um, insights into the particular lessons or if you found an aha moment, please share it with us. But guys, have a fantastic week. Get onto the video um, uh, before our next session next week. Um, if you have any questions, uh, let us know. But uh, take care. Have a great week and uh, we'll catch up. Take care. You have been listening to The Edge, Recipe for Business Success podcast with Paul Duncan. Using Paul's CEC marketing equation formula guarantees to transform and grow your business to a level that others only dream about. Check it out at paulduncan.com.au and join our Facebook group, The Edge, Recipe for Success. Until next time, happy cooking and to your success.